Welcome to Speaking with Sherry. I am your host, Sherry Higgs. Listen, you are in for a powerful, powerful session tonight on the Sherry Higgs show. This is Power Couples, the March Millennial Madness Series. And I have an interesting couple, but very inspirational, beautiful couple that I want to bring to you guys that are going to help me minister to you tonight. The premise of this uh, show is to bring back hope to the Black marriage, bring back hope to the Black family. And that is exactly what we're going to do tonight. So I encourage all of you listeners, tag your friends, okay? Tag your cousins, tag your sisters, tag your brothers, because I know that you're going to hear something tonight that is going to minister to you. So let's jump right in. Welcome with me, Mr. and Mrs. Thomas. How you guys doing? We're doing well. We're How are good. you? Doing? Oh, you look good. You look good. <laughs> you look amazing. Thank you. I'm so glad and I'm so honored to have you guys. Uh, I know that you guys have an incredible story that I know that is going to minister to our listeners on tonight. So I want to jump right in. Tell the listeners who is a Mr. and Mrs. Thomas. Introduce yourselves to the listeners. I am um, Jonathan Thomas. Um, I am married to my beautiful, amazing wife, um, DeAndra Thomas. Um, I am, I work for Broward County School System. Um, I'm a pastor. I'm a mentor. I'm a big brother. Um, I am a lover of people. I love people. I enjoy people. I'm an extrovert, introvert, as my wife would call me. Yeah, so I enjoy people, but I also love my free time, my me time. Um, so yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> I am, as you stated, uh, Deandra Thomas, and I have the privilege and honor to be married to this man. Um, I am, I actually work for Spirit Airlines. I am an instructional designer, so I create courses for pilots and flight attendants and things like that. Um, I also love people, but I also love me, uh, my me time as well. I'm more introverted than he is, but when I need to be extroverted, I will be. Um, I am a writer. I am an author. I am an author. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. And I am the mother of soon to be two. Uh, we have one princess, Jalen McKenzie Thomas. She is 11 months old, actually was born on my 30th birthday. Wow. <laughs> um, we have our baby girl, uh, Miss Jordan JL, on the way. Wow, congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. 
Hey, listen, as you know, this is March Millennial Power Couples uh, series, and I absolutely consider you two a power couple. Yeah. Wow. And the way that I came up with that power couple is I believe that it takes the power of God to make this thing called marriage work. And I mm. wanted to bring people on who exuded that. And even though I've seen you from afar, what I've seen tells me you're definitely a power couple. And I know that you have a story that will inspire our listeners tonight. So tell us, how did you two meet? <laughs> <laughs> I love that little laugh. So uh, we actually met at a Valentine's Day event um, in 2016, mm -hmm. and he was the MC uh, of it, and he was emceeing it for a friend of his. And um, a friend of mine actually invited me to the event because the person that she was supposed to go with canceled on her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, when we got um, when I got to the event, and the funny thing is. When I left the house, I was living with my parents at the time. When I left the house, I said, okay, guys, I'm going to meet, go meet my husband. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So we got there and um, I saw him and I was just like, my Lord, what a beautiful chocolate man, you know. <laughs> and um after which we had a nice breaker and he started all the flirting. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Modestly, because I'm saved, praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, but yeah, that's how we met. Um, and I mean, I had seen him around actually at different church events, church venues. Okay. But I never knew who he was. Uh, but you know, when, when I saw him then. And the funny thing is, because he had a, like a repurification ring on, you okay. know, purification ring to God. Oh. So renamed my purity ring. I called it purity ring. She <laughs> calls it a rededication. <laughs> so, um, so initially I was just like, oh man, he's probably married. So I was just like, okay. And, a, and my friend, when she uh, came, she was like, can you see yourself with Jonathan? I said, who is Jonathan? She was like, him. I said, he's married. And she was like, no, he's not. I was like, oh, yeah, because I thought he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, yeah, no, he's definitely not um, seeing anybody. So I was like, oh, that we serve a great God, right? So <laughs> afterwards, um, you know, we just kind of started conversation up from there. Um, during that event, and I'm sliding my DMs. Absolutely, because we millennials, you got to keep it. It's only right. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So let me ask you this: What actually attracted you to one another? For me, I would say it was what she said. Um, we were. Although it was a, um, a Valentine's Day event, it was what she said, the way she used her words, um, the way she articulated, um, she was smart. I could, I could get that from her and that she was wise. Even though she was young, she was a woman that was full of wisdom. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay. I, so I'm attracted to her. Although I saw her, she was very beautiful. It was 
her words and everything she said that attracted me um, from the jump. Yeah. Yeah. And I, for me, um, I mean, he was fine. I, that, you know, I like, I love the way he kept it. Yeah. So he had to say nothing. I was just like, oh, he's. Marry me. Right, right. <laughs> but um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't as cute that night. <laughs> and I so one of the things she said, one of the things she said was, she was like, um, she was like, yeah, I mean, here's my Facebook. I'm much cuter on my Facebook. <laughs> what? <laughs> I knew I needed you to understand there was there was hope. Like, yeah, go. Because it was, you're right. It was a last minute thing. I just threw on whatever. I thought it was just kind of like a lounge vibe. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And little did you know, little yeah. did you know, but you spoke it into existence. You do realize that. Right. right. You right. spoke it into existence. So how long was the courtship, though? So the courtship was pretty weird for me. <laughs> um, I, had, tell. I had never dated somebody um, and I needed to speak with their parents first. So she was like, we can't be official until you meet my parents. I'm like, what? Where you from? Like, you're not from down here. Where are you from? Because we don't do all that crazy. <laughs> but it, it it spoke to um, standards and where she came from. She wanted to make sure that her parents were okay, was okay with who she was bringing in. Um, so I was like, okay. I mean, we kind of go together already, but we'll make it official with your parents. <laughs> so I think the courtship was what? Maybe a year? Yeah. Like before we got engaged? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. One year. And, and that was only because I was I was respecting the parents. Because okay. I was ready before a year. I was ready. Okay. <laughs> let, let, let me repeat that. You said you were ready before a year. Yes. Yes. How did you know that? It was she was somebody that unlike anybody I had ever known, I had just come out of, not just, but I had come out of a really long relationship um, that kind of ended bad. And I was looking for marriage. I wanted a family. Um, I didn't want to waste time anymore, but I wanted to get, not to business. I feel like that's, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I understand what you mean. I don't want to waste any more time because of what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to cut to the chase and everything that she was was what I was what I wasn't looking for, but what I knew I needed. Um, so she was she she was she was the just everything clicked for me. Everything clicked for me when I met her and when we would have conversations, when we would spend time, it was like, yeah, this this is right. This is right. So and so you knew at how old? Wow, I'm, I'm not, I'm 26. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. You see, you see, you see why it's important? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At 26, you knew. Yeah. So for people who say, guys don't know what they want. Yeah. You knew at 26 that yeah. you were ready to be married and you were not playing around. It's no, we're going to still kick it out here for another 10 years. No, 26. Yeah. I don't have time to play games with people. 
And that's what I really want the guest listeners to know who, who believe that everybody's just out here playing games. Yeah. It's not true. Mm-hmm. You have to get with people who know exactly what they want. So the people who know what they want, get with the people who know what they want. This is what happens. Absolutely. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Wow. And what was your proposal like, though? <laughs> so, growing, I mean, as we've been married, um, now going on four years, and I see all of the extravagant proposals, I'm like, oh, and she still said yes. <laughs> I am, I am not. I am the least probably romantic person and I'm just a get to the point person. So all of the extras is like, not me, but we went to, we, uh, I thought it was, for me, it was like top, (laughs) but then when I look and see other stuff, I'm like, Oh, wow. But, um, it, it was, it was amazing. My feelings were there. I, I was full of joy and, and, I was full of joy, but I was also full of like, what if she says no? Um, because for, for me, I dealt with a lot of rejection. Okay. So it was always in the back of my head of what if she says no? Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm not starting over. So mm-hmm. choice. <laughs> but um, but but it was it was amazing for me and um, if I could go back and redo it, I definitely would. But I think she enjoyed it. I think it was just it was just the two of us. Um, we went to a brunch and in front of people and I, I got down on one knee because I'm like, OK, I think that's how you do it. <laughs> and the waiter was involved. So the waiter helped me out. I gave them the ring. They brought it to me. It was in a bouquet of flowers. It was in a bouquet of flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. That is romantic. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was very perfect. Um, and if he would go back and do it again, I would want it to be done the same way. Oh wow! Is you know, this the first it, time you're hearing this, Jonathan? Yeah. <laughs> um, because you know, I know one of the things that I tell him often, um, and I other, I tell other young ladies is that I know for a fact. Um, I was created to love him, right? So um, I needed some tissue for this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in that, I knew that um, no matter how he did it, it was going to be perfect because the love that I had for him was there. And um, you know, I'm somebody. I am huge, like as they call it, hopeless romantic, right? Yes. So <laughs> like. I've, I've seen all the extravagant things or whatever. Um, but again, sometimes all of that is not necessary. You know, when you're truly with the one you're supposed to be with, um, you know, he could have done it in the kitchen. I was like, oh my God, yes. You know, it was, it was a beautiful moment for me. You know, it was a very beautiful moment for me. So, Yes. And I love the fact that you got to tell him for the first time that if he had done it again the same way, you'd still said yes. And Absolutely. and you you're saying it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And he's saying it wasn't all of that. Yeah. But you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. We see people who are going 
out of their way and it's extravagant, but it's more for other people than it yeah. is for the two yeah. of them. True. Wow, wow. Jonathan, really quick, speak to people who are just like you that felt, wow, you know, I've had rejection before. Mm -hmm. How do you feel go out there again, put your heart out there? Yeah. It was, it was something something I said, I think, uh, last Sunday. We're in uh, Love on Top series at our church. Okay. The things that I said was, and, and of course, it was prompted by the Holy Spirit, that oftentimes we build walls because of things that we've encountered, things that we've been through in the past. And we build walls, which in essence are for protection, because mm -hmm. who wants to be hurt again? Who wants their heart broken again? Who wants to spend time with an individual that isn't giving you what you're bringing to the table? Right. So oftentimes we close ourselves off and say, you know what? Everybody is the same, like you alluded to every, earlier. Everybody is the same. It's not worth it, whatever the case may be. But continue to allow your heart to be open. Um, put down those walls. Pull down those walls. Keep your standards, but pull down the walls. So that people and who God intended to get through to you can get through because everybody's not going to fight to pull down your walls right. and they may be the perfect one for you, but they don't have it within them to fight against your walls because they're not fighting you. They're fighting against your walls and every person that damaged you, they're fighting against. Wow. Wow. That um, is powerful. That. That is so powerful. You listeners that are on and you know you this is really ministering to you and you have friends you've spoken to, tag them yeah. right now so that they can get on and listen because this is truly, truly ministering. And the thing I love that you said is pull down the wall, but yeah. keep the standard. Right. Yeah. Pull down the wall, but don't yeah. lower the standard and the wall. Right. Not right. both. <laughs> Not both. That's the takeaway. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. That is great. That is great. Now, were both families on board though when you guys got you decided <laughs> to make this thing official? Mm. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> ah. So, tell us. You know, the whole, I guess dating process or a courtship or whatever to answer your question though no okay <laughs> i'll say yes and, right no. to the point. And, I say, and i say yes first because he did ask my father for my hand in marriage yes. okay okay the blessing yeah okay okay um, oh that's important yeah. correct yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you know he just you know we're just gonna do Living this thing name. right right um so initially you know, during the dating process, everything seemed very fine. And it, this was more so on my side of the family. Um, but during the dating process, everything seemed fine. Everything seemed good. Everything seemed peachy. He got the blessing from my father, you know, to um, propose. And then um, after which... <laughs> we entered the sunken place. We entered what we call the sunken place. Um, what ended up happening was, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you have parents, right, who are afraid to let go. Okay. And 
many times it's not because they don't think that you're ready, um, but you have parents that may have faced abandonment issues and they take it out on you as the child. You have parents that may have faced rejection and so they take it out on you as the child. And um, my mother, you know, she faced a lot of that growing up. Okay. And I was the child she took it out on. <laughs> okay. And um, we actually, as my husband said, you heard it here first. So uh, this is, we don't often talk about, you know, our story, okay. uh, but I think it's a story that people need to hear. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, and so, you know, in that, because of her, um, the issues that she, childhood issues that she never dealt with growing up, it made her very um, clingy or controlling, or I need to have a say in everything. So while my father gave his blessing, my mother felt a way because she was not present to give her blessing or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, it turned into this whole thing, right? And um, within a matter of days, he, you know, the proposal happened on my birthday in March. And within a matter of days, it turned into this whole chaotic situation. Yeah, a nightmare. Wow. Very chaotic situation. And I was out of the house um, literally within five days of the proposal. You know, um, it hurt. You know, it was very painful. Um, I didn't, my parents or siblings never told us congratulations. Um, uh, you know, my father had said that he, you know, this is something that I had to do by myself because they don't support me. Um, and they had false ideas okay. of what my husband's motives were in marrying me. Um, I don't think that they truly took the time out to get to know who Jonathan was as a person. Okay. And I think part of it also was the fact that you know, they would say to me, you're, most times when you smile, you're with Jonathan because he makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and during this whole process, I was speaking to some aunts of mine and their response was, you know, number one, do you see any red flags with him? Absolutely not. Number two, you have to follow your heart. Okay. You know, um, it wasn't just a following my heart but it was obedience to God. Mm. And I believe that's why our marriage is as successful as it is because of our obedience to God. Now, granted, we haven't had a real conversation with my family since 2017. Mm -hmm. um, my parents have not met our daughter. Our, my siblings have not met our daughter. Um, and of course, this is not by choice, if you will. Right. But, you know, becoming parents and being married, you know, now that, you, that you're in a protective mode, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, with, with everything that was going on, it was a lot of drama, if you will. Right. Um, and our goal was to keep our sanity and to keep our love strong, you know? So um, initially, <laughs> while it seemed that they, both parties were on board, um, it was kind of like, this is not how I want it to happen as far as like okay. you know, my mother was concerned. This is not how I wanted things to happen. And because this is not how I wanted things to happen, 
it should not happen, period. Okay. But um, I was adamant. I would, you know, and it got to a point where my husband said, do you want to just chill or are we going to move forward? You know, because at this point I had an idea right. that, you know, marriage is what he wanted. Um, and I was like, no, let's move forward. You know, it was a very scary time for him. It was a very scary time for me. Um, especially him, somebody who has, again, faced as much rejection as he had growing up, period. Okay. You know? um, so it was just like, all right, God, because right now this is, we're literally trusting you through this process. Yes. And, and, and that's what I hear the take, the takeaway as traumatic, and I'm sure that's what the listeners are, are, are understanding, um, because you, you, you smile and people don't know the story behind the smile. They, they would never know that. Um, but the takeaway is you have to trust God yeah. in the midst of it and are still yet trusting God in the midst of it, believing God that at some point he is going to heal. Yeah. Yeah. He is going to heal because the only way that you can heal is you've got to address. Absolutely. And not avoid a void. You've got to address. Yeah. That's how healing takes place. Yeah. It takes place when you when you confront. That's the mm -hmm. and confronting doesn't always have to be a, a battle and animated. It's just mm -hmm. like, let's talk about it. Well, I yeah. am certainly absolutely along with you believing for healing. And yeah, I believe yeah. that healing can take place this year. And I believe yeah. that your family can be back in the place that God will want for it to be. Because it yeah. sounds like this, this was a huge trial. Um, and would you say that this was one of the biggest trials of your relationship? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Up until this point, yes. Yeah. Up yeah. until this point, absolutely. Because for, for my wife, her family was all she knew. Okay her in marrying me to walk away from all of that um knowing that your family won't be on board knowing that they don't support you I need you to trust me <laughs> so walking away from security and all of that I need you to walk away because I believe that you're my wife and so I need you to trust me so she left dropped everything literally and said yes to me and it caused her to lose everything and what about, let's flip it. What about your actual family, uh, Jonathan? My family loved her. So my family dynamic is a little different um, because I grew up, I was raised by my godmother. Um, I never met my father and my mother was in and out of my life because of a drug addiction. So I was raised by my godmother um, and her family. So that family is really, who I'm surrounded by, who I consider my family. So they knew her. Um, my mom knew her and stuff like that. But I never disclosed to them what was going on. I never told them anything about her parents, what happened um, when they didn't see them. Because initially we didn't have a wedding at first. We just went to the courthouse. Okay. I never... From what they heard when we were dating that, hey, I love the family, we're up there, everybody is fine. I, that never changed until they were like, okay, why haven't we met her parents? Like, mm -hmm. where are they? 
And so we had to disclose some things. And even then, there was a lot of things that we didn't tell them only because I know my family. <laughs> right. right. So, um, so yeah, so there was a lot that wasn't shared. Um, but my family loved her. They were on board with everything because they believed in me. Oh, they still do love me. Yeah. They love her more than me sometimes, <laughs> I feel. <laughs> because she has become the better part of you. Yeah, she makes you better. And Absolutely. they can see that. They can see that. So even yeah. though it seems for that span of time that you lost part of your family, yeah. you gained another family. And that's why yeah. I believe a lot of people don't like to use that word in-law. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are stopped using that because they yeah. don't like that. They believe that once you marry into the family, you're actually family. You're, yeah. actually family. You, you're now daughter. You're now yeah. son, not in law. You know? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, that's good. So what is the quality? Because now it's the focus. We're shifting the focus just on the two of you because you're in this together. You're in yeah. it now. Yeah. What is the most important quality, would you say, uh, in one another? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, for my husband, I mean, he has such great qualities about him. And I think... Um, one of the greatest qualities I find in him is his integrity. Okay. Um, and not holding back, you know, when he has something to say, um, or even because I'm not ashamed to tell people this, that I've grown a lot, right? Since being with him, mm -hmm. dating and marrying everything, because, you know, he does not, hold back in letting me know this is wrong, you know, or this is not how you should have went about this, or this is not what you should have said. Um, and it's not that he says anything intentionally to hurt my feelings or whatever, but he has such a strong conviction about the things that he does and, you know, or doesn't do. Um, and I just absolutely love that about it. Now, does it always sit <laughs> Mm -mm. Because I've discovered I don't really like we talk about good qualities. This is a good quality. <laughs> I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I'm working on that. But in that, um, you know, I think that you know his integrity, absolutely, his integrity, his conviction. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing, you know, and to see how he operates. And I, I love to point out when I, whenever he's preaching and I introduce him, he's the same person at home that he is when he's outside of the home. That's the key. Not two different people. And I'm honored that, you know, that's who he is. So. Thank you, baby. Yes. Oh, warms my heart. Jonathan, what <laughs> qualities? <laughs> um, there are so many, but I think the one or... The one that stands out uh, most is her love. Um, I think about um, the scripture that talks about um, the, what the wife does and how she makes her 
house a home and how important it is to make it a safe space for your husband. Um, I feel like I can lay my head in my wife's lap and not have to worry about anything. Um, She is like my safety. Um, She is my safe place. She's my hiding place, Um, aggravating and all. That's part of my job. But she is definitely um, what 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 intrigues me about her is her love. Yeah. Um, she loves me the way she honors me. Um, is something that that I did not have and not something that I knew didn't know I needed. And wow. so that's why I appreciated so much the respect, the honor, and the love that she has. So those are some of the qualities that she possesses. Wow. And it's so good when, you, when, when I bring people on this show and they get to hear this from one another. Right? <laughs> oh, beautiful. It's like Valentine's Day. <laughs> All over again. It is. It is. I'm a sucker for love. I love it. Uh-huh. And the thing about it is, while you were not here, mm-hmm. you on your way. She spoke yeah. so highly of you. Uh, she did. She did. So she's not putting it on for the camera. <laughs> Absolutely. She, she does honor you. She does honor you. And, and, and that's what I wanted to bring to this show. Real people. You're being transparent. Yeah. Honest. You're yeah. giving people exactly what they need behind it. Because they see you on social media and they see the pictures. They see the, But they don't know the story. And so I thank you for being so transparent. And I thank you for being so honest uh, with the listener. Because I believe that it is ministering to people. I absolutely believe it. So for those of you, continue to share the link and tag your friends because this, this show is ministering. I know it is. It is ministering and it is bringing back hope to the Black family and the church family. That's the right. thing people don't realize. A lot of church hurt too. So I want to yeah. bring hope back to the church. So how important is it that God, God be the center of your marriage? Yeah. <laughs> Vitally important, mm-hmm. vitally important. It's like that super glue that the young lady used. The gorilla glue. <laughs> the gorilla glue. <laughs> um, that's what God is. He holds things together. Um, being millennials and having the traumatic experience that we went through, if it wasn't for God and our belief and our hope, our ability to forgive, um, all of that coupled in God, him being the center of our marriage and filtering everything through him, even the way we feel about one another, because the truth of the matter is, although we love each other, sometimes we don't like each other. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> and it's it's God that brings it back to say, you know, you didn't say that right, right? Right. Do that right. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. So it allows us to be human with one another, but also to remember uh, to remember our vow and to remember our commitment. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us being committed to him outside of one another strengthens us to be committed to one another. Right. Yes. And, and if I can add to that, um, I think one of the things that we have to understand um, as millennials in marriage is that the more you focus on God, the less you focus on the flaws of your significant mm-hmm. other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it becomes so easy for us to want to walk away from marriage. It comes, you know, becomes so easy for us 
to want to throw in the towel, give up, shut down, mm -hmm. because the only thing we're focused on is the flaw, yeah. what our spouse is or is not doing, um, how they are or are not responding or communicating or whatever. Um, you truly have God as the center. Mm -hmm. When you are both focused on God, he can work on those issues, right? And, and bring you both closer, not just to one another, but closer to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. So it's just to piggyback. So the listeners who are just now popping on, the takeaway is from you, Jonathan, filter everything through God. Yeah. filter everything through God. And I love what you said, Deandra, about not focusing on the flaws, but when you both are focusing on God, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. When you yeah. focus on God, you're not nitpicking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that takes away the nitpicking, especially when you believe that God is the one that put you together and what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Yes, yes, yes. So what would you say to millennial couples out there are the three main keys to having a God-centered relationship? Um, I would say prayer. Mm -hmm. um, that is the most essential part of um, having a God-centered relationship. Yeah. Prayer. Um, and not just individual prayer, but prayer with one another. Mm -hmm. Right? Because uh, a lot of times we pray separately, um, but the enemy hates unity. Yes. Seeing that we are coming together as one um, and praying as one, um, it strengthens our unity with one another. Yeah. So uh, I would say prayer for sure. And I would say um, communication mm. with one another. Yeah. Um, and forgiveness. Forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. So prayer, communication, and forgiveness. Yes. 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 Love is in there as well. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I think. compass in there. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So prayer, communication, and absolutely forgiveness. Forgiveness. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about dating because there's a lot of people on here that are watching that are just in that dating stage. They're not quite there in the marriage stage. And I want you to, to speak specifically, Jonathan, you individually to the guys that are on and DeAndre, you to the young ladies that are on. Give young couples some wisdom, some wisdom that you've learned about dating and pondering marriage. Hmm. Um, to the guys, I would say before you, uh, okay, I hope y'all don't hate me after this. No, go there. Go there. Please go there because they don't want to sugarcoat it. Go yeah, there. Yeah. I would say make sure you have as a man have, have at least an idea of where you're trying to go. Okay. What trying to accomplish before you entertain a young lady. I think for us guys, because it wasn't really taught to us to, to be careful of who we entertain or take our time and stuff like that, we got more kudos for going out there and mm -hmm. sowing our royal oaks, if you will. Um, and 
advantage, but we never really took the time to say, you know what? We too need to take our time. We too need to make sure that we are not wasting time with any and everybody, but be intentional about who you're dating. Right. Yes. I don't think dating is just us going out there to have fun or whatever the case may be. I think you can have friendships for that. See, meet somebody, but if you're really going to enter into dating, enter into courtship, what is the end goal of that relationship? Or if you discover that, hey, I had it wrong. Maybe this isn't the right one. She doesn't have what I'm looking for. um, And I just don't feel like it will work. Be honest and and let her know because oftentimes guys, we can walk away and, and live to fight another day, if you will. But for women, when they go in, they put everything on the table. And for guys, usually we keep some stuff in reserve just in case this don't work out. Um, But, you know, (laughs) the moment you know she's not the one, hey, listen, it is not working out, whatever the case may be. And you put things in place because some of the time it can be us having fear and we can kind of cook up some things to make us run or make an excuse for us running. Um, And if you've really put it all in there and you've given your all and you've set some things in order and it still does not work out and you discover she isn't the one, let her know so that you're not wasting her time. Um, But have, I would say, have an idea of where you're trying to go because if we're really supposed to be the head of the household or the head of the relationship, then we have to know where we're going. And you find somebody that matches or, or like you said earlier, that complements and enhances where you're going. So, but at least having an idea, fellas. At least having an idea. Come on, and be intentional. <laughs> be intentional, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Be intentional. Be intentional. Yeah. DeAndre. So I would say, um, really, it's important that you focus on loving who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, as women, what we don't understand is we set the standard for how someone else should love us, right? And if we never set that standard for us, then the other, uh, the other party will not need to measure up to that standard. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, brief example my husband comes from a family who they talk so hard and like every relationship he was in he just they was bantering all the time I'm not a banter I'm not an argue I don't like to argue and you know (laughs) being together my okay used to get him so upset because it's like she's not arguing with me that's not how I receive love and then just to jump in, I'm going to give it back to you. But one of the things that and I thought she was going to say um, was that, like she said, you set the standard for how that man is supposed to treat you. Mm-hmm. So because I come a little rough from the rough side, um, I would talk hard. And so one day she stopped me and she was like, we don't talk to each other like that. Right. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> But she let me know this is the standard. And if you're not willing to meet that standard or or at least try to come up to it, then, hey, you're not the one. And sometimes it's the fact that he's just not ready. He may be the one, but he's just not ready. Yeah, it's good. No, no, it's okay. That's good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so so knowing 
knowing who you are and loving who you are, you know, to set that standard. I think a lot of times what happens is we're broken and we get into um, these relationships and eventually these um, marriages, but we're broken and we get into these relationships and we're trying to figure out why our other party is bleeding so much. Mm. And you know, when a glass breaks and you try to pick up the glass and you try to put the glass together, if you're not careful with the glass, you're going to cut yourself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even small pieces of glass may get in your skin that you don't even realize is there till you rub it the wrong way, Mm -hmm. right? And so being broken, if you're not addressing those broken pieces, Mm -hmm. now you're in a relationship with somebody who didn't even realize that they have even small pieces of your brokenness to try to put together. And being rubbed the wrong way now sets you off and triggers you. So focus on being a whole person. You know, they say, you complete me. Um, And that's cute, but focus (laughs) on being a whole person so that you now understand um, how to love another whole person and how a whole person is supposed to love you. Yeah. Okay, I need a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I need a minute. And I'm sure the listeners need a minute too. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. And I really hope that the listeners, the young ladies on here really understood that you have to be a whole person already. Already. You have to be a whole person already. And I love the analogy that even small broken pieces still cut. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I just pray for wholeness. That's, yeah. that's what I pray because I believe in my heart that there are people that are on here, you're broken. And so I, I pray, and I, I just got to go by how I moved. Yes, I just yes. pray for wholeness, yes, wholeness and healing because God is the healer. God yes. is the one that makes you whole, but you have to be willing to give that bad stuff, that bad relationship to him and let him heal you. And then Walk away from it. Don't keep rehashing and pulling the scab off over and over again. Yeah. Be a whole person yeah. and use relationships to heal. That's not how that works. <laughs> relationships do not heal you. You have to be healed already before entering into them. Absolutely. Already, already. Oh my goodness. I know this is meant because it's ministering to me. I, I, as you were talking, I, I had to close my eyes because I feel like I went somewhere <laughs> and gave back. <laughs> Tell tell the listeners about if you are you advocates for premarital counseling. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's some things that only come out during counseling because a lot of the times we don't want to start conversations because we aren't sure or we're scared about where they may end up, but they do come up later. And so I think one of the beautiful things about premarital counseling is that it allows everything to be put on the open. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, because like for my bishop, he says, listen, it's mandatory. If I'm going to marry you, I need to make sure that everything is out in the open and that you're aware who he is. Because a lot of the times we marry people blindly Mm -hmm. and no idea who this person is. We love them. We enjoy their company. 
but there's another sometimes three or four other individuals <laughs> on <laughs> inside that one person yeah and you're thinking you only married that one but you married everybody and a lot of the time, some of those things, and not everything, of course, but a lot of those things can come out during premarital counseling mm-hmm. because that preacher, hopefully he's married because he's able to sh- lead you through experience and through the word of God, of course, of some of the things to look out for from both parties. Hey, you need to know this. This is a need to know. And I think a lot of the times we shy away from premarital counseling because we don't want things to come out in the open. Things come out in the open or we may not want to start over. Right. Um, right. You know. Because we know we settled. Mm. Know we settled. Come on. Settled and we're like, okay, I know they got junk in the trunk, but what you don't realize is that that junk is going to start affecting you. Right. And it's going to tear your marriage up if you don't, uh, deal with it. Like you said earlier, dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned early on, even with going through premarital counseling, we still go through counseling um, because there are some things, sometimes an extra party is there to give you a fresh perspective. Yeah. Because sometimes you're only seeing your way of doing it right. and you really can't see your spouse's way. Right. Um, but somebody else is there to magnify or expose the two. Yeah. Um, so premarital counseling during what is ongoing <laughs> marital counseling all right. of that yeah. is so vitally important. I don't think any millennial should go into a marriage ill-advised or not being advised at all. Right. Um, and, and, and I think it's out there, even if it's not. And I think a lot of times we look at, oh, I need a, a person, a counselor or whatever the case may be. I need this. But if you sit down, I think a lot of the times with us, we sat down with couples that were uh, 30, 20, 50 years in marriage just to get the wisdom from them to make sure that this was a decision that we were ready for. Mm -hmm. You can be in love and still not be ready for marriage. Dealt with certain things in yourself, in each other, because the marriage is just going to reveal those things you swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Because now your spouse is a new set of eyes that see what other people didn't see. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think the, uh, the truth of the matter is, <laughs> as millennials, we're, we've become more excited about the wedding mm-hmm. and less excited about the marriage. Mm-hmm. Ooh, come on. Over, the marriage still has to, yeah. you know, move forward, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you see a lot of times, uh, there was like a meme, if you will, going around, why aren't you know, our relationships or our marriage is lasting as long as our grandparents' relationships. Oh. A lot of times it's because back then, number one, our grandparents did not believe in divorce. Mm-hmm. They believed in staying in something that was not for them, mm-hmm. you know, um, just to say they were married. Mm-hmm. Um, but longevity does not always equal success. Wow. Right. And so, um, you know, in that, our premarital counseling was very um, informal, if you will. Again, because of our story, because of things that happened, we were engaged in March and we were married in May. Um, we went to the courthouse, like you said. And so it was very informal. We, we did not initially sit down with our, you know, with our pastor, but mm-hmm. our pastor knew everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So let's make that clear. He knew everything that was going on, but we did not have this formal sit down with him mm-hmm. 
but we made it a point to sit down with certain couples who you know admired us and saw where we could go mm-hmm. um and even that during our marriage we make it a point to have you know a counseling session as often as we can um you know because at the end of the day not just being married but now all these different roles that we're taking on yes sure we're not losing one another and becoming roommates that we're still husband and wife to one another right 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 wow to talk about roles yes let's talk about roles let's talk about roles because the listeners have got to see you as this beautiful millennial couple but you guys are wearing a lot of hats. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a lot behind that to kind of make that happen. So yeah. let's talk about your roles as pastor. Tell us, the viewers, about who is New Dania Church of God? <sighs> um, it is, it's it's a crazy story. God, God is very we want to hear the story. <laughs> So um, I had no intentions on pastoring like ever. Um, wow. Okay. Three of pastors don't come from a history of church leaders, period. Um, but I knew at a young age that there was a call of God on my life. And in my mind, I thought I would just be an itinerant preacher. Um, I would be an evangelist, just preaching and stuff like that. And so I would have dreams about crowds of people preaching to them and stuff like that. And to me, it's new. I don't have anybody to bounce this off of. Thank God for um, the elders that I grew up with in church that served as my mentor and kind of spiritual father. Um, But I I went to him and he was, and, and I was like, I think God is calling me to preach. And I was probably maybe 14 or 15 at that age. Wow. Okay. And so I had a very older pastor. Um, uh, He was the pastor of the church that I'm now pastoring. Okay. So that was our family church. That's where we went. And so um, fast forward some years down the line, I'm like, I feel the call of God. I'm to pastor. What? Huh? Mm -hmm. And then to know that he connected me with my wife, who's a PK and the assignment of God is on her to pastor as well and to lead. Yes. And I'm like, okay, God, this is new for me. How does this work? Mm-hmm. Like what happens? And so, so for me, I, I was wrestling with the call, wrestling with the assignment, wrestling with whether or not I'm good enough, whether I have what it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, this not going to work for me. <laughs> And so finally, I, I accepted the call of God and I'm, I submitted to the call of God. Thank you. And I made a decision. Okay, I'm going to talk to my pastor and I'm going to let him know. And, and I said this to God. I said, if you want me to pastor, I want you to give it to my pastor. Okay. I believed in my pastor so much. Okay, if you want this to happen, you tell my pastor that I'm supposed to pastor. Okay, get confirmation. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I kept going to God because I need more confirmation to confirmation. <laughs> and so finally, uh, maybe not so many Sundays later. Uh, it was that next Sunday. That next Sunday, yeah. um, my pastor's at the end of his sermon. 
and he comes to me and he says, you're going to be one of the youngest pastors that I install. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. I still get chills. (laughs) I'm like, whoa. And so now in the church of God in Christ, there is, (laughs) there is an age requirement, an undisclosed age requirement. What? For me, I'm like, yeah, ain't no, all the pastors is, are old, are older. And so this, this would be new. And so I said, okay, maybe it means that he's going to install me, but not necessarily in the church of God in Christ. I believe that my ministry was to start a work. Okay. so because I because of the ministry that I knew God had given me, I wasn't sure that it would fit the organization that I was a part of. Okay. And so um, so after that, um, my home church, they have a new pastor. Everything is going well from what I understand um, until my pastor comes to me and he says, do you think you can pastor New Dania? Wow thinking about it without giving my brain time enough to convince me to say no all I could say was yes all I could say was yes and here we are um, because of the transition that the church went through um, everything was gone Uh, when we got to the ministry there was no microphones there was nothing and this is the church that I grew up in and fully furnished but now we go back and it's literally nothing and I'm starting from scratch yeah and so I'm like, okay, God, yeah. maybe this is me doing or building a fresh a work, work within a work. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I can, I can get with this. But then the issue was we only started out <laughs> with like five people. four or five people. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, oh, this is real, real. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, again, as a PK, I'm used to like I've I've seen the you know start from your living room and yeah. the start of just five people and yeah. you know you you know at one point I was the usher and the nurse and the <laughs> MC and the musician and you know so I I get it you know mm-hmm. but it was I mean definitely a scary moment like yeah. and okay. then. I'm still dealing with wrestling with whether or not I've been called. Do I have what it takes to build, to start? And so I'm wrestling with that. And then I'm preaching. But then God began to unfold things and unfold things. And um, I said it before, like, if I was just by myself going into this, and I think that's why God <sighs> expedited our process. Okay. Okay, okay. It was like, what are you doing? But to him, it was, I need you further along because there's something I need you to do. So I've got to expedite this thing so that I can get you in the perfect place that I need you to be in. And so I believe that our marriage was not just us loving one another, finding one another, Mm -hmm. but it was God joining us together. Mm -hmm. Joining us together. And it's... I'm sorry, go ahead, Deandra. No, it, it was just funny because literally the month um, prior, we found out uh, I was pregnant with our firstborn. Yeah. Uh, like, well, God, I know I said I wanted twins, but like, I didn't think you was going to give me like a natural baby and a <laughs> spiritual baby at the same time. <laughs> you know, and I was nervous because, you know, I'm, 
mother's pregnancies were pretty horrific and you know uh i was like okay god well you're gonna have to make this thing work because yeah. i i'm definitely a servant and i cannot i don't want my husband to have to do this by himself yeah. you know and i mean god has graced me with such beautiful pregnancies it was it's been a blessing um to where i can you know serve um and still be pregnant <laughs> but you know <laughs> right but he became a father, a pastor, still maintaining a husband, a mother. Like it was yeah. a whirlwind. Yeah. yeah. And tell the listener, because I'm sure the listeners are, are awestruck just like me. <laughs> What's that timeline look like from the time you guys got married to the time you guys start pastoring so that people know uh, this, is, this wasn't like, you know, yeah. a long time. Yeah. Explain to the listeners what that timeline looked like. So um, 2017 is when we got married. Mm -hmm. um, 2019 is when our bishop started sending us to the ministry the to, to as interim. Okay. And, uh, 2020 is when he got officially installed as pastor. And 2020 is when we had the baby. 2020 is when we had the baby. 2020 <laughs> is when we found out I was pregnant again. My Lord, quarantine has caught up. <laughs> so you guys hear that uh congratulations are in order because we are expecting another baby. <laughs> wow congratulations look it takes the strength of god to do what you're doing i i am so honored to have you here being able to minister and with all you have going on took the time to help me minister to these couples and those that are expecting to one day be married as well wow doing yeah. everything that you're doing in the church and i know that later on in the segment i want to be able to get to people who are saying i'm looking for some people just like them like i'm looking yeah. for a strong couple that's pastoring you know i've been out there i've been trying a couple of things but i am looking for a church home yeah. So tell us about the community outreach. How important is community outreach for you two uh, at New Dania? Um, it is the life of our church. Um, I believe that the entire community, if my bishop says it like this, if your church closes down and nobody in the community misses it, you've not been a church. Wow. wow. Um, and so our goal is to, just as if we were purchasing a home in a brand new neighborhood, to make sure that the entire community knows we live there, knows that wow. we're there, um, knows that we have resources, knows that know that we're here for the community, and that we're a an extended arm of Christ, and that we are there to do the work of ministry and the work of God, and to let people know that we are a family within a family, yeah. and we're here so we take time in our community to uh, assist our local officials um we serve i <laughs> just started serving in our local uh, municipality as um a part of a learning uh planning and, planning and zoning board okay yeah so um we're thrusting ourselves in the community um we're feeding the homeless uh giving clothes out um, anything that we have in the church, we don't just believe that, okay, if we're having something, it's just for the members of our church. But hey, we have neighbors, we have people, we're in a community. So we invite them to share 
in our clothing drives. We invite them to share in our Christmas giveaways. Whatever we're, we have, we extend it to them. So, so uh, community involvement is so important to us and outreach is so important as well. Yeah. And DeAndre, t- tell the viewers, what kind of activity, what kind of things have you guys already been doing uh, at New Dania? Um, so one of the things we started out with was um, a community tent event, if you will. And we took um, a fifth Sunday uh, and where we actually didn't have church per se, but we just did, uh, we gave out clothes, we had food, we had music and things like that. We've started an initiative called New Dania Cares. Mm-hmm. What we want is for the community to understand that we care, um, not just, uh, you know, giving out money or anything like that, you know, but it was, it's a matter of giving our time, giving mm-hmm. our service, right? And so last month we were able to uh, bless our local police station mm-hmm. with some breakfast mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, everything that they do for us, you know, we wanted them to, we wanted to acknowledge them and let them know, you know, uh, New Dania, your church cares about you. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, even this month we're planning on uh, serving some of the staff at a, at a school, 90, you know, yeah. 90 teachers, staff, and, 90 staff, teachers yeah. and staff, wow. giving them lunch and blessing them with lunch. Um, because again, they are essential workers, you know, with this pandemic and everything that's going on, you know, uh, the vision that the Lord has given my husband is to start with essential workers. Um, and so, you know, after, after which, you know, we're going to, I mean, we're, it's not that we're stopping with the community, but we want everybody to know, you know, we care about you all. We care about your well-being. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that is awesome. I love the fact that you're going outside the four walls. Right. That is right. the key. You've got to go outside the four walls because it's not just about come to us. No, let us come to you. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so those of you who are looking for a church, New Dania is doing things in the community. And if you're looking for a church home, these beautiful yeah. people would be wonderful, wonderful pastors uh, uh, for you. And um, what is the greatest reward, would you say, and greatest lesson that you've learned so far as a pastor? Um, I would say the greatest reward um, outside of the feeling, I think for me, it is the feeling of fulfillment that you fulfilled your assignment and you're fulfilling your assignment that God is pleased with what you've done. And I think a lot of the times we kind of beat ourselves up. Like I could have done this better. I should have done this better, but God is just excited that you're even fulfilling your assignment, that you're giving it a hundred percent. So for me, it's the fulfillment. And then for people coming back, for instance, we have this one mother that's at our church and um, she's an older lady and she comes to me every Sunday and she says, I am so glad you're my pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just the feeling that I get um, from her words is just like, wow, amazing. Yeah. Um, and so it, it, it pushes me further along, even on Sundays where I'm like, I could have did better. I should have did better. And she comes to me and she says that, and, and it just gives me an extra boost. Um, and then the other thing would be that people aren't ashamed to tell them what church they go to, mm-hmm. that they literally out there like, hey, I go to New Dania. This is my pastor. 
and come see a man. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so when they bring other people, because if you go to some, go to a restaurant, wherever, you don't tell nobody about it because it was horrible. But when you right. let somebody know and you're open with it, you share it on social media, you do all of those things, it brings joy to the pastor and to those who are serving in ministry. So yes, brings joy to me. Yes. And you know, I, I was telling your wife in the pre-interview, uh, I can tell she's called the pastor. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 It's all over her. It's all over her. And I love how she is so supportive to you because actually when he called you, he called you together. Absolutely. That is a fact. That is a fact. And so I see you guys as wonderful, wonderful leaders. And so for those of you all that you say, I am look, I gotta find these people. I gotta find these people. Uh, we wanna give them an opportunity to find out where you are. So because yeah. we wanna get those people to be able to visit uh, your church. Is your church open already? We are, we, um, we have uh, in-person uh, worship and we also have virtual. Um, so on social media, you can follow, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Facebook is uh, New Daniel Church of God in Christ Inc. And then Instagram is the New Dania Church. Um, we are located in the beautiful city of Dania Beach, um, which is the first city in Broward County. Um, the first city in Broward County, so in Dania Beach off of Griffin Road, um, 421 Northwest 3rd Terrace, Dania Beach, Florida. Again, 421 Northwest 3rd Terrace, Dania Beach, Florida. Our services are Sunday at 1045 and then Wednesday at 7 p.m. And we start on time. On Amen. time. We are not millennials who believe in being in church all day or wasting people's time. Right. So when there, if you're there at 1046, we would have already started. Mm -hmm. um, so we're grateful and we would love to have you. We're not the perfect church, but we may be perfect for you. Wow. Yes. I love that. I love that. Now, since you are a uh, new newly pastors what what would you say you believe that you wish all pastors knew before starting out as a pastor uh, um there's a lot of things um but i would say one that sticks out for me is the weight of the assignment um pastoring is not glamorous as people may think it is it is weighty it, it is wow. heavy um, on you on your marriage on everything but you have to remember that you are just the under shepherd yeah you are not the perfect shepherd <laughs> you are not even the good shepherd um, but God is the good shepherd and so it's our responsibility to be good stewards over the assignment that God has called us to but um, the weight of it. I, I, I think I underestimated the weight of pastoring. It's not only a physical weight, but it's a spiritual weight. Um, because now all of those burdens, all of those cares are on you. Because you have a love, you have a heart for the people, all of everything that they go through, everything that they face, you feel that mm -hmm. um, as a shepherd, as an under shepherd. So if we would understand the weight of the assignment and what God has really called us to. Yeah. And DeAndre, be, being someone who was a PK kid, 
<laughs> How did you feel about that being the pastor's wife? <laughs> so um, I could. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I, well, I was definitely more prepared than he was, um, you know, because of what I saw, you know, my father go through in ministry. Um, some of the stuff I was, uh, I guess, privileged, if you will, to see my grandfather go through in ministry. Um, and so I was kind of like, okay, I need to be in prayer. <laughs> because again, understanding, you know, the weight of the call um, is not something that should be taken lightly, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I told my husband, one of, the, one of the first things I told him was the church is not going to be the mistress. Come on. I think a lot of times as pastors, especially newer pastors, they become so focused on the church um, that they lose focus on the home life. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of the day, if the church is successful, but I'm unhappy at home, he's failed. Mm -hmm. If successful, but he's unhappy at home, I've failed, mm -hmm. you know, because family was instituted before the church. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> family was instituted before the church. Mm -hmm. And so understanding, you know, the, the boundaries and, you know, one of the things that I promised him, I said, I'm going to let you do what you need to do. You know, I'm submitted to you. I'm submitted to what I know that God has called you to do. And so I try not to be uh, aggravating or nagging, but there are times where he knows through my tone, all right, I need to be home you know, um, because he's so, he's such a hard worker, you know, um, but one of the things that I promised him was that he would not get burned out. Wow. I think that's, um, that's one of my biggest desires is to ensure no matter how much he does, no matter how much he takes on, that I will not allow him to burn out. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good information. So with all these hats, you as pastor's wife and pastor and mother and wife and all the careers, how in the world do you maintain the balance between all of that? You've got an 11 month old and now you're six months pregnant. Like, how do you maintain the balance? How do you make this work? We're still managing that part. <laughs> We're still figuring that part out. Um, but we're committed to it, to making sure that we have a balance. Okay. We haven't perfected it, haven't uh, got even to 50% because everything kind of came up at once and everything is still kind of new, but we submit ourselves to counsel, um, to advice, mm -hmm. um, to, to talk to other couples. How do you guys make this work? How, mm -hmm. how, how does this work? Both of us work full-time jobs. Um, we don't have a nanny. We don't have unfortunately grandparents um that we could have the baby with or whatever um but thankful to our partners at the ministry um that say hey you need me to help we want to make sure that you guys are good if you want me to watch the baby whatever um but god has blessed us in that way but we're still managing um uh, maybe the next time you have us on we'll have yes part two yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're 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 still managing that part and, and figuring out what that looks like. Yeah. And yeah. I, 
would agree with him. I think that, um, and I heard somebody say one time, there's no such thing as balance um, when you're dealing with all of these hats, right? Because um, to have a balance, you need two things that weigh the same. Mm. On each side, it's an equal weight. Okay. It can, you know, maintain uh, its level. Um, each hat that we have has a different weight value to it. And so now it's understanding um, where to prioritize those weights so that one is not like a seesaw, mm -hmm. like one is all the way up here and one is all the way up here. You know, so I think that's the process that we're in now is understanding um, how to prioritize the weight mm -hmm. that God has given us because at the end of the day, he knew we can handle it. So he, he put it on us to, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and that, and that, that pastor in you just keeps you coming saw out. It. You saw it. You saw it. <laughs> it keeps coming out. I got to come by. I got to come by. Yes. <laughs> it keeps coming out. That wisdom, that wisdom, it keeps coming out. I love it. You're right. Everyone has a different balance. But you make it look easy. And that's why I wanted to bring you on here. Because people see the pictures, they see you on social media, and you're such an adorable couple. Whenever I see the little girl, I'm like, oh, she's so yummy. But here's <laughs> the thing. people need to know there's something beyond that. You don't, you don't really know our story. Yeah. You don't know what it's taking to make this happen. But one mm -hmm. thing I can say is, like you said, the Gorilla Glue Girl, it's, the, it's God in the middle. Absolutely. It's making this work. That's what's making this work. So I'm sure there are people who said, man, I, I love everything about what they're saying and I want to be able to follow them. How can the viewers follow you on social media? Um, my social media is on Instagram is uh, Lady Thomas, L-A-D-Y-Y Thomas. Um, and on Facebook, it's DeAndre Thomas. Um, and my husband's For, on Facebook is Jonathan Chosen Thomas, and that's a whole nother thing of why my middle name on Facebook is Chosen. Um, and then, <laughs> and then on Instagram, Jonathan L. Thomas on Instagram, Jonathan L. Thomas, um, and then on Facebook, Jonathan Chosen Thomas. Mm -hmm. And what's the social media handles again for those that are like, I'm coming to New Dania and I need to find out where this church is because I'm coming. Uh, just let the viewers know how to find New Dania on social media. Uh, so on Instagram, it's uh, at the New Dania Church. And on Facebook, it's New Dania Church of God in Christ, Inc. I N C. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, you viewers who are like, you're enjoying what you're seeing, you definitely want to follow them. You definitely want to stop by the church because I'm i I'm going to stop by the church. <laughs> I can't wait to be in the building and, 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 and see you guys in person. Listen, mm -hmm. I know this has really ministered to the viewers because it's ministered to me. And I want to make sure that we leave them with something. Can you pray? for those viewers that are both in a marriage that it's a little rocky and they're not really sure. And maybe they're young, just like you. And they say, they press through, maybe I can press through. Or those that are in a relationship that's thinking about marriage, 
but it's scary and they're not sure if they want to do it. Can you pray for those right now? Absolutely. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity, for this time, for this space. Father, you know us, you know all about us. You knew that we would be listening to this today, this ministry assignment. You knew what would be shared. And Father, you had us in this place to hear this for us, for our marriage, for that person that is entertaining an individual that may lead to marriage. Father, I pray for every couple that is listening, that may be struggling in their marriage, struggling in their communication, struggling in their commitment to one another. Father, I pray that you would reveal to them the why. Remind them of the why that you joined them together. Help them to see not each other's flaws, but see each other's potential and where their marriage has the potential to be and to, to, to go. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will continue to reveal yourself to them in their marriage, that you will continue to strengthen them individually so that they can strengthen one another. Father, I pray for that individual that is single, that may be dating, um, that may be entertaining, or that individual that has closed their heart to love, that has given up on hope for marriage, hope for a healthy and happy marriage. Father, I pray that you would allow them, their hearts to be open, that the walls that they've built up in their lives will come down one inch at a time, and that you would remain, Father, their love, that you would remain their strength, that you would continue to fix those broken places, mend that broken heart, help them, God, to see beauty even in the most difficult situation. And Father, Father, allow their hearts to be open again to love and to be loved. And Father, we know that you there is nothing too hard for you. So Father, we ask this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for it ministering is. with me today. For those of you that popped on late, this is the Power Couple series, but it's the March Millennial Madness portion of our show. So I thank you guys for coming. Don't forget, go on and follow these beautiful people. I speak blessings and favor over the two of you and much success. And for those viewers that you know you've been blessed, share the link. And when you get a chance, stop by New Daniel Church of God in Christ with these wonderful people. Thank you guys. Good night. Thank you. Good night.